0: Let me get this straight, Jason. You're telling me that Simon did 55s around Chuck Walla. Uh,
1: Our guy Simon did 55s around Chuck Walla. Yeah, and he did it without dragging a knee. Why do you say that? Because it's a fact. The guy can't drag his knee. (laughs) He's probably the fastest guy there all weekend that never drug his knee. He's going to be so pumped that you started it off like that. I mean, when I sent you that text, what did I send you that text? Saturday? Saturday? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, he went fifty-five-six, and he's
0: not touching his knee any, on the ground. Anyway, what did I do? What did I do out there? Fifty-nine, two hundred five no, or
1: something. Really? Two hundred five? Two hundred four? I don't know. No, you do went. You didn't in, you go like? Didn't you do like a high fifty-seven your last lap? Like fifty-seven? Yeah, fifty-seven. No, I did a couple of them chasing down Moshe. Your last lap him. was your fastest that you did, and you oh, got under it? the lap time that I told you that to, that you'd do. I'm like, you can mm. do fifty-seven, and you went fifty-seven like nine, I think, on your last lap. I think it was a six, but yeah, uh, you, you know can, who,
0: who's who's arguing over three
1: tenths of a second. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, is like, thick. do we uh, do we put coke cans on the bottom of his knee pucks? We, you know, it's double knee pucks. Get him like the uh, big, he's a riot. Because he's get an Alpine Stars guy, I think, like, isn't he? So we can get him some rain pucks. Got to get him like maybe we got to get him like two sets of rain pucks on those things. I don't know. Glue them together like they used to do. It's in not the old like he's, It's not like he's four foot tall either. Well, and that's the
0: whole thing. It kind of reminds you of somebody a little bit, huh? MJ reminds me of a couple of people. Well, dude, Jordan. When Michael Jordan was on a track, we were mm-hmm. at what? Gingerman Raceway, right? Yep. Back in 1836, maybe it 1837. It's hard to tell at this point. But I remember watching Michael Jordan roll around that racetrack, dude, and he just never put his knee down. And I was astonished as to how you couldn't, because he's what six six? Yeah. After. But then he got it down. Anyway, welcome to the Greg's Garage pod with Coach Jason hey Pridmore. presented by... <laughs> shut up. You're texting. By, presented by bike911.com. You better be texting Alex Asante. He's the guy, you know, the lawyer for bike911.com. He rides. He's raced. He speaks your language. If you have some issues, contracts, stuff you want handled, reach out. Bike911.com. Tell him Jason Pridmore sent you. What, what
1: in god's name in this podcast we're going to talk about motor i just opened preview. up my I, look i opened up lines just so i could get a little light in here that's what happened all right so that's fine. apologize for all the listeners for the sound i mean i know how sensitive no, you they are. they didn't that. hear
0: it because i guarantee you i'm going to
1: edit it out after the fact if i breathe, uh, i might leave it in now like, because we if i breathe it. it's like oh you gotta you gotta breathe less okay i'll breathe less
0: yeah i appreciate
1: that all right so yeah.
0: anyway that'd be great especially when you're making your fantasy picks we're going to talk oh, MotoGP God. Argentina preview. <laughs> so bad. Yep. Supercross super cross Seattle. And yeah, we're going to talk about how brutal that is yeah. in terms of fantasy. A yeah. little, little AFT, Texas. I'll talk a little, little bit about it. Plus, we're going yep. to talk about some Mariah news. If you like to support the channel, patreon.com slash TV. Also, it's in the description of the podcast. The I have a YouTube channel. Greg's Garage, I haven't done anything with it in a couple weeks, months, whatever, but I'll do some stuff. Going to ride to a couple races this year, Jason, no big deal, on a 24-horsepower Royal Enfield, just the local stuff, probably. Um, But before we do any of that, let's talk Walla Valley Raceway. I got a cam for that bike. It's got to make more than 24, because I can't do, like, 70. So, but anyway, let's talk Chuck Walla Valley Raceway. They had CVMA weekend. Jason Pridmore was there. Let's go with the, uh, how was the weather, first of all, since
1: it's SoCal and it's in the desert? Yeah, there wasn't much going on this weekend other than really that. So, I mean, we had some, like you say, we got some Supercross stuff. But, yeah, it's all, you know, it was hot. I mean, to say that it wasn't. It oh, was it was? It's already, like, piping out there? I think it was 100 degrees on Saturday, and Sunday was just about oh. low 90s, and then it's supposed to be, like, 80 degrees out there today or something. So it was like this of little course. tiny heat wave. Heat wave went through and then it's been pouring rain at my house today, which is unusual. So, um, but it was warm out there, and it was good. Rocco was out there um, ripping around. Yeah, as far as some of our, you know, we've been seeing so many guys at, from Moto America that are that come out to Chuck Walla during the winter but now with it being like 2 weeks away to Coda, there wasn't as many this time like dave anthony wasn't there but um mikey did mikey's living in the 43s now out there on his Yeah it looks like he I'm thousand. just on the
0: website looking at track records and it looks yeah. like uh Justin Bordenaro I hope I said your name correctly Justin in the formula twins class he broke the track record uh, at a 150.876 gilbert in open Supersport, sport, 143.5.
1: Yeah. And he was living Dude, in the threes. He did he didn't just do a couple of them. He did a bunch. In the shootout, it was a little bit hotter because they weren't able to kind of get down to those times again. But um, you know, in the shootout it was great. Mikey Mikey just kind of checked out. He's really happy with the new bike. I mean, it's out there now. He's gonna be on this Suzuki and he's been doing a lot of work out there, just trying to get ready and he's found the confidence in this bike. Like, I mean, he's just up to speed immediately. But you know you got to give. I, I want to give a shout out to Anthony Norton. He ended up second, and I was thinking about this last night. I think he's the only like true club race guy that has been on the been on the podium. Um, and he got pushed all the way by Rocco. Rocco ended up finishing third in in, in the shootout sport? in the in the in the big bike shootout. Rocco was third. Rocco won the six hundred shootout. Okay. And, um, oh, and the
0: big bike shootout,
1: Rocco was third on a 600 on his Yamaha. He was, center. and he and he was pushing Anthony the whole time. And, I mean, basically last month, Anthony had a big crash, destroyed his bike, frame, wasn't even sure he could make the race, got some help. You know, he's part of the Apex Assassins guys. And, and uh, yeah, it's really cool because I know that was kind of a goal of his to get on the podium, and he was able to do it. What about the guy? Who's the guy
0: uh, who is riding for... Uh, Hudson Valley motorcycles are
1: supporting him this year Vito. He he just came out last. He came out last month. He bought West Farnsworth's old bike. Yeah, but he took. So I was talking to Jeff White,
0: who's my brother, by the way. And I was talking to Mr. Track Day himself. And he <laughs> said that he's a local dude just ridden with them before. And he said he went and did a one on one with you somewhere. This kid, the, the guy, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Vito. Vito. Great one on one with you. And then he came back and all of a sudden he was like ripping ass. Like like was yeah. way faster than he was before. How long ago was that? Do you remember? That was
1: a year ago and he went back on six hundreds and he ripped it. And Thousand I think was a little bit harder for him to kinda of get comfortable on. In fact I owe him a call because we were gonna talk about that a little bit. But he came out last month and uh he did some riding with us again. And um and I you know, the thousand's just it's it's a whole nother beast, isn't it? As you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a yeah. matter of him getting used to that bike and getting some more time on it, but but, yeah, I think he'll, he'll be fine. He, he's a good guy, a good rider. I just think that a lot of these guys, you know, they, they come off smaller bikes and some of them can get on a 1,000 right away. But I think it's it matters how long of a history you've had in riding. Some of these guys haven't been on 600s for very long and they get on big bikes and it's a little bit of a shock. They think it's going to become a lot easier and it sometimes can be a little bit of a, you know, hard transformation. But, um, but no, he did fine. He, he was good. He wasn't out there this month. But there's a bunch of the New York crew that, you know, all the Hudson guys have brought out. So there's, you know, do you remember when we were at the, do you remember when we, I don't know if you were there, but remember when uh, we went to dinner on Sunday night at Daytona, you and I, or Saturday night, Saturday night at Daytona, we were sitting there and Brandon came over and then there was an English guy that was with Raspolyn named Phelan and Phelan's from back there and he's part of the New York crew. Dude, he, he's. Been racing amateur. He did like seven days with us. He
0: just won his first race out of Chuckwalla just a week or two before we were
1: in Daytona, right? Yeah, and he came back out this week, and he did a he did a one on one with us with uh, with Corey on um, Thursday, and he went forty nine one as an amateur. Yeah, he did forty nine (laughs) one. So he he did really good on a six hundred or a thousand. Yep, yep, on six hundred. R6. R oh, six hundred. And then and then Mike, who, you know, I don't I, I know Mike's like part owner of the classic club or car club. He's been coming out too and he ripped it. He he's doing like it was his first race week and I think he got down to I think a high fifty three or fifty four or something like that. Pretty good. So Is there anything going on with the ex- track expansion at all? Have they broken ground? I know that they've been I, talking about it for a while. The tracks track's gonna get a repave, which is good uh track's going to get a repave and i think that they're going to start lap times are... so the, the ultimate lap record out it's there fast. is david anthony
0: january 31st of 2021 at a forty
1: two eight eight eight. yeah yeah i mean how and, much faster and... can
0: they go because they repave it i mean what how's a 41 not possible and that was right? on a
1: full superbike. so that's what makes mikey's like a little bit more Oh impressive. yeah mike's half not, a not second more off on it a... but half second off kind of thing on a stock thousand bikes so he's really happy with that but yeah i know they want to eventually build the second track out there and i think that's going to happen um oh i'll tell
0: you what i'll tell you what let's call stamboli all right yeah. let's get him to get one of his super bikes out there we'll put you on it and if you break the track record i will give you 23 dollars.
1: that's pretty impressive yeah that's worth the cash risk. money dude it's worth no cap
0: you know not even would, in nickels would, either I'll pay, I'll pay you like 23 singles i'll ride one of his bikes anywhere
1: doesn't matter where it'll be so yeah, it'll be good. Um, Six hundred. He's not a should... big fan. He's not a big fan of testing there, Jay. You know what I mean? Obviously, well, but there's a reason think... for it. Uh, the only reason is because it just doesn't have any of the real hard braking spots. Yes, I think, and and that's take you know. We, well, and, there's and some you of that's can only been... get what third gear, maybe third gear, in and a thousand. On a big bike, yeah, third maybe fourth, uh, like back straight, like, front like straight. But see, all that's all that with the new track is going to be out the window because there's it's going to be we've got a big fast straightaway there. Got some really hard braking there, so it you know some of that stuff, um, some of that stuff will. I I mean, look, Chuck Walla, the, the purpose it serves right now as a club track has been amazing, and it's it's a great place for people to come out and ride and test, and and now I think with the uh, you know when we get the second track up out there, it's going to be great. Get this one repaved, get a new track built. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean if you talk to, if, I mean Kevin's. You know, Kevin's talked about putting lights up out there, so it'd oh, be pretty sick on, if we could be run a race at night out out at Chuckwalla. It'd be amazing. Um But but yeah, it, it was it was good. I get, I think in the 600 race, Rocco won that. Chad Chad Lewin was second. Chad's gonna do the whole Moto America Championship, which is great. So he's kind of committed to doing that, and he's he finished second to Rocco after some really good rides during the off season out there. He's been riding really, really well. He had a little slide off on uh, Saturday, but they got the bike back together and um, but and so he finished second. And I think Liam Grant finished third. So Liam was out there with his new ride because um doing his thing. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh I think I can hardly wait to get to Atlanta, even though we got Coda before that. Well speaking of
0: Atlanta, I talked to Chris Ulrich from the Vision Wheel M4X Star Suzuki team and I asked him about the progress of the GSX-R750 because that's homologated now for the Supersport class, both in World Supersport and here in Moto America. And, of course, the only way to get it homologated is you have to tra- like change the thing to throttle by wire. And so the bit that's really holding them back is is the, uh, the wiring harness, basically, for the whole thing to make it work. Yep. And so he's got one, and he's expecting two more on the way. So... Like they are feverishly working on getting three bikes ready for Road Atlanta in the Supersport class. They're going to be on a R 750, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, Because yeah. obviously we've got to do news presented by Arai. Let's do it. And uh, where's your little music? That's a good question. Let's, I mean, let's actually, go. I mean, I hit. I I, I can't oh, help you with this. No, it's playing. But unfortunately uh it wasn't playing
1: there it is oh look at you there you are yeah 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 all right everybody
0: we're professional podcasters yeah we're doing this professionally so i don't know let's see what i should do is probably pull up like one of these reads right so listen jason it was hot at chuckwalla wasn't it you said it was hot oh 100 degrees well i don't know if you know this or not but uh since it's getting hot out there Arai helmets are lined with an antimicrobial material. Yeah, the interior liner gives you odor resistance, it's dirt resistance, and those antimicrobials that you love so much. Nolan Lampkin. You can stay fresher longer and enjoy a comfortable ride in the latest Arai helmet. Check out AraiAmericas.com. Pick what you like. Head down to your local dealer for fitment and grab a lid. AraiAmericas.com. All right, a couple things. Nothing really special uh we talked about the test world superbike had a test and it was top rack Scott Liago who smoked them all jason now unfortunately for the rest of the field right around uh, i think it was like 130 on the last the last day of testing the rain started to fall but no one could catch top rack anyway a 140.571 was the time bautista was p2 at a 41 flat Licawona. On the HRC Honda was P3 ahead of Johnny Ray, Garrett Gerloff, P5. Also, Nicolo Bulega on the World Supersport Ducati V2 was under the track record in Supersport. Wow. What do you make of all this, Jason Pridmore?
1: Well, the test itself sounded like it was pretty good. Everybody seemed pretty positive, didn't they? I mean, it didn't seem like there was too much negative going on there. Um, looking at the times, like you say, Greg, these guys, there was a few guys like Johnny Ray and a couple others that never really got to put... Anything soft on before the rains came. Um, so Top Rack was quickest, and he seems pretty pumped because I guess, you know, I've seen a little bit of chatter too with, with um, Garrett there talking about that bit of a new electronics package or the updates on the electronics of those bikes. So, I mean, man, I am excited for this first round. I mean, when you look at the top four, yeah, you, you know, Yamaha with, was, with Top Rack and then Batista on a Ducati like a Wona. I mean, great for Honda to see them up there. It always feels a little bit more special, I think, when you get. if we could have Honda kind of back in the mix they're you know they're I mean Greg right now it just seems like they're kind of struggling everywhere um Rayana Kawasaki ends up ends up fourth Gerloff Rinaldi Redding on the BMW and I I don't know Greg I've been watching that pretty carefully and it just seems like the BMWs are just a little bit off right now but they got enough they got enough manpower and people and it seems like they're really serious about it to hopefully get that bike a little bit closer he was a second off then Chavi Vieira, uh, Philip O'Dell, pretty impressive, and myas um, was up there as well. Uh, th- that was on the last day. So, um, yeah, when you look at things, it it, it seems like it's going to be an ultra competitive of the year. It's super weird looking at Johnny with number sixty five back on his bike. It is.
0: I think it is for him too. He has a YouTube channel, by the way. You definitely want to go check that out. And he uh, he posted a video a couple days ago about going doing the photo shoot with uh with alex and it was uh it's always entertaining johnny's actually really good at, at talking and filling us in on what's going on but alex ended up at the photo shoot first and then they got together like midday lunchtime and they shot together and then johnny had the afternoon shift and johnny just kept busting alex's balls like oh you have an appointment this afternoon he kept like swinging the golf club and stuff It was pretty, no pretty, way well johnny's uh,
1: like a, he's gotten into the golf fairly fairly big too i don't know how much obviously he's been playing but with the weather those guys have at home, uh, but when they do go abroad, it you know if they get there a day early or a couple days early, it's usually spent trying to go find the links somewhere, and uh, so it'll be interesting to know if he's been if he's been playing at all. He's still pretty high up there on our fantasy for RM fantasy, so I know he's paying attention to that. Um, but I think that is that their last test now, isn't it? Because aren't they their first weekend? I could is, have sworn it said the penultimate
0: gone. test of the year. I think. Oh, did it one more. Maybe test. they have one more. I, I know Normal, that normally they do the, a couple of days right before the race or like, you know what I mean? Like, don't they normally do their like first a, rounds at
1: Aragon when we're in
0: Atlanta though, isn't it? I, yeah, it is. Yeah. And so I thought they do, normally they do like two days, then they get a day off, then they race. Right. So like maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday test day off and then they race. They, yeah. I mean, they do that at Phillip Island and stuff over the years, whatever. I mean, I don't know when I was reading the article, one of the articles, I remember it reading the penultimate test and I was like, huh, That's okay. Pretty, yeah. More, wild. more track time. That's great. I mean, who doesn't want more track time? But agreed. Whatever. Yeah. Hey. Um, by the way, just want to let you know that speaking of Austin, Texas, which is coming up in like a week and a half for us, Moto America or the Auto Parts for Less Moto America Superbike Series of the Medallia Superbike Class, will have riders on track. The schedule's not looking great, <laughs> Jason. No, but uh, they, they'll they'll have two races: one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Be later in the day both days. Uh, the superbike race will happen after MotoGP,
1: but we'll get that scheduled to you next time. But um, I'm happy SP. to see we got we got 30 people in there, which is good. And we know that the new BMW team with PJ Jacobson and uh, and Hector Barbera went and tested a little bit at Jennings, but it looks like they just got nothing. But you know they got a lot of rain down there, which is just such a bummer for those guys. But yeah, but at least they knew the bike start, and you know I know PJ they go around showed sort a of video him launch
0: start. You know what I mean? I know. Oh, did he? As we speak it. right
1: now, Westby's at Little
0: Talladega. They're testing. Are they? So yeah. So it's all ramping house.
1: up right now. It's all ramping up, and I think that um, when it starts to get, uh, I mean, man, we got on, get on a plane next week and head there. And it's always like the schedule for us, meaning meaning Moto America. Anytime we're involved with the World Championship, well, especially MotoGP, it's our guys always have a little bit of a tough schedule. You know, they're out. They're they're out early, early. I think they're out before. I think they're out before eight o'clock. Um, on a couple of days, so and on Sunday, I I remember last year, Greg, Sunday they didn't even do a practice, they they raced at three, four o'clock, whatever it was, and it's like they go straight to the grid, so it's like a warm up lap, a setting lap, warm up lap, and go straight to the grid. So, you know, um, it's a little bit of a tougher schedule for those guys, but um, but the season's getting kicked off, and I, I, what I'm really looking forward to is just getting down to Atlanta and um. I'll see in our whole paddock yeah, where we have everybody, everybody, everybody there. there,
0: yeah, on the on the teams that they're gonna race in all year. Who's you know, yeah, it's dude. The, the, the paddock this year is gonna be full. There's so many new semis, so many new trailers, new teams. Like it's or teams it, that have expanded. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be nuts. It's
1: yeah. gonna be great. And uh, you know, um, I was laughing this morning. I got a text from Brandon Posh this morning, and he's like, Jay, thank you so much for this. I think I, you know. But literally, I think as we were going, I think as the, literally as the cool-off lap was going, when you and I had a little bit of time in the booth, or the cool-off lap at Daytona, I think I text Brandon like, hey man, awesome job, good job. I saw him that night, and he's like, he just got back to me today with, he's like, Jay, I'm so sorry. And he said he had 350 text messages after that, Uh, people just congratulating him and stuff. And so, you know, a good way to start, we're going to see him on that thousand down there with Altus. Um... You know, yeah, it's yeah, getting down to Atlanta is going to be good. Greg, this last week we had Seattle Supercross, um, and it's really, you know, it's kind of turned into one of those years like we see sometimes. The guy that's winning right now deserves every bit of it, and obviously he's racking up wins as Eli Tomac. Um, but we've seen a lot of guys get injured. Sexton was out again after a big crash in in you know basically in practice qualifying. Dude, so he that got was hurt, which gnarly. is gnarly. Did you? Uh, did you catching see it in false replay. neutrals? Yeah, it's so and crazy. just a bike just crushed him too. And it just, it's it stinks. And when you look at, um, I was listening to the Pulp Show last night. I was listening to it last night when I was on my way home from uh, from Walla. And they're talking about um, how those guys are like basically jumping out of some of those turns in first gear now because of the things they can do with the transmissions and the gearboxes. So it was pretty interesting listening to some of the chatter about that and how he kind of, he accidentally kicked it into neutral. And I mean, dude, those accidents are so violent. And and even when you look at like Barsha's accident in the main, that could have been so much worse. He was like, he was like two feet up where it saved him. Like he kind of rolled over the top of that, um, the, the rhythm section there. It's like, man, if he'd have hit that if he'd have been two feet lower he'd have really gotten hurt but i don't when, i don't yeah. like the idea that i don't like the idea that
0: supercross bikes can go to first you know like i mean yeah. i know that it's it's possible but you know i in, in in i've been around the road race paddock for so long and so many teams have concentrated focused for years on trying especially on a superbike right trying not yeah. to go to first how yep. do we not go to first gear so you don't put yourself in jeopardy of hitting a false neutral anywhere on a downshift or whatever. Eh. I mean, isn't the World Superbike bikes? I don't even think they'd use first, right? Like they have the special gear they click in and it's
1: just six gears. You know, if I'm I being honest, Craig, I haven't I don't know cuz I haven't asked enough questions maybe on that, but you know, it's um you know, I just know Supercross is gnarly and it was a pretty boring race if I'm being honest. It wasn't like you know, you're going to have know, those every I mean, now and dude, then, but you're going to have those. checked out. Checked out. He's gone by like 14 seconds. Anderson's ended up second and uh, Muskan third, which, you know, Marvin's riding great. Um, Malcolm Stewart was, again, fastest qualifier, ends up fourth. barsha was running second, talked about his accident, picked it up, held off Cooper Webb. Wilson, Bogle, Oldenburg, Hart ramp. It's kind of cool. You know, some of these guys that normally wouldn't get the opportunity to be up there in the top 10, getting up there in the top 10. Um, you know, it's great for those of you who have, you know, fantasy picks and things. Um, but I mean Supercross right now, it's it is kind of what it does uh every year. We we'll start we start losing guys, don't we, Greg? Start like Frandis is out, Sexton was out, um, Plessinger's That's, out. So you, you start we've looking had, at We've the had list Chad of Reed guys. talk about it,
0: you know, we've had Chad Reed talk about it on this podcast many times. It's all about
1: getting to the midpoint of the season healthy. And manage it from there. And you see Cooper Webb still out there. And the guy's not, you know, guy qualified like 12th or 10th or something. It's like, you know, he's got to be. Something's not right. He's dinged up. All these guys are just, they're just all a little bit dinged up. And you know what's funny is like you just, you watch these races and you see Tomac riding. And I can't think of an instance this year where I've seen Tomac make contact with another rider. And it's like the guy just does his thing. He's smart. It's hard to beat the guy that's the fastest and the most intelligent. Right? Yes. And it is and now he's getting starts and you know like I said I get a lot of my information I love listening to to Mathis and Weege and and I and I really like listening to, to um, Thomas on there JT on there because they're just they're very like uh, you know they're very super knowledgeable Jason Thomas comes from a, a you know he comes from a a motor a racer perspective a lot more so he disagrees with some of the stuff because I sit there and I scratch my head over some of the things said and then he kind of jumps in there and, and those guys have some great debates. So 250 mm-hmm. class, Craig. Uh, you know, Hunter Lawrence. He ends up taking advantage of a little bit of a, you know, Mosman got into the side of Christian Craig. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but he gets inside of him. Christian Craig ended up second, came from off the deck, and but but Hunter Lawrence wins. Christian Craig second, Moseman, Shimoda Freezy, March Banks, Chris Blows, Jalek Swole ends up eighth, wageman ninth, Derek Kelly tenth um i don't know it was just kind of a weird track for this week it just didn't it wasn't as uh maybe i don't know flowing it seemed a bit chopped up so it separated a lot of the riders it the whoops separated a lot of the riders too you know and that's the thing you
0: could see people like the thing about tomac that that i noticed tomac was still ripping the whoops towards the end and people were just jumping them because they got so so beat up and that was part of why he
1: at one point had that lead almost out to 15 seconds and he just kind of had some fun and There was a quad triple triple that he was doing all the way to the end of the race, too. And the guys were talking about just how easy he was (laughs) making that look, you know? And yeah, it's pretty uh, wild. It's pretty
0: wild. He's dialed in. And obviously, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what they're talking about on pulp, but I just keep thinking hey, the change that he made. Did him good, you know, and and sometimes Tom Brady, you need to just get out of Tom Brady, your environment that you're in for a lot of years. Tom Brady, go down to <laughs> another, you know, go down to Florida, you know, uh, with the Star Racing Yamaha team, Tom Brady, and uh, except so for I didn't and, retire
1: and come back six weeks later, but yeah, whatever. No, but
0: that's now. I'm
1: saying, you know, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. saying, you know, whatever. Sometimes a change of scenery does you good. You know what I mean? What are you gonna do? I anyway, think, I think you're off. 100% right, and that's kind of what these guys talked about. They kind of talked about change of scenery and and uh, how it st- listen just seems a lot it, happier
0: and Jay. It's it it has these teams sometimes are like a marriage. Okay, there's a lot of water that goes under the bridge. There's yeah. egos to fight with, and sometimes you get to the point where the team and the rider just won't listen to each other, just like husband and wife. It happens. Yeah.
1: And sometimes you go fresh, get a fresh perspective. You know, does it trip you your, out though? Like, okay, I believe you on that, and we've seen this on the road racing side before too. But doesn't it? Isn't it a little bit bizarre? Like, we've seen, to- seen Tomac have his ups and downs. We've scratched our head talking about him on the podcast. And the same guy, same with the pulp guys. They just kind of, sort of scratched their head on him in the past. But it's kind of weird when you got a guy who you've got to, I mean, beyond successful. Eli Tomac's career has been stupid successful. It's kind of weird. Obviously, though when he tied
0: the, Chad when, Reed, right? And most wins 44. Yeah, but you or, or not go most like, wins, but career wins.
1: What can break down it it blows me away sometimes when management of a team cannot think it's them sometimes. Like you hire these riders because you thought they were great, and this guy's had a ton of success with Cowie. Where did it all go wrong where the communication broke up? Like where did it all happen? Cause Jason Anderson's got on that bike and done fairly well. The only reason why Jason Anderson hasn't isn't competing for the championship in my case is because He just gets involved in too many on-track, you know, like bullshit on the track. It's just like Tomac doesn't, does he? Ryan Dungey didn't. Villapoto really didn't. You see these guys that win championships, and they just don't get involved in that stuff. They just race clean and realize that if you're gonna do something to somebody one night, it could come back and get you the next week, right? Yeah, you just don't get wrapped up in the drama. But it doesn't seem like the Cowie's been obviously a bad bite. Jason Anderson no, done a nice job. So they're fine bikes. How does Eli, How, how does it and... get so bad where you let a guy like Eli Tomac go, and now he's just going to go smoke everybody on, you know, uh, competition? I mean, that's kind of so, what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's got to be one of those points where you just kind of get
0: there, and you're just like, all right, I've heard all his stuff before. I've heard yeah. all of his dramas before, and eventually, the little things that irritate you about each other. It grows into these large chasms and then some, it just doesn't work anymore. And you go get, it's, you know, it's not a fresh, fresh scenery necessarily. It's just a fresh set of ears that hasn't heard your stories and your woes. And, you know, Tomac really, I think, grew up as a supercross racer with the Kawasaki team. And sometimes you just outgrow relationships like that. And that's kind of what, if you listen to kind of what Weege was saying in the off season, that it just seemed like. It was that situation where Cowie had their way, how they thought the bike was going to go fast. And Tomac thought that his way was right. And it just reminded me a little bit, that chatter about the old Valentino Rossi HRC situation. Why is he, why is he leave? The guy was crushing it because HRC, basically their ego said it's the bike and Valentino said, no, it's me. And he went to Yamaha and whipped their ass and proved it was Valentino. So it's, you know, racing is not null and void of relationships. No, like like a marriage, like anything else. And you get really tight with somebody. And it's part of the reason why, Jay, if we kind of look at that situation and look at what HRC has been able to do with Mark Marquez. And if you're watching this uh, MotoGP, whatever, the, whatever. I got to start watching. It. I'm
1: going to watch it this week since I got a week at home.
0: If yeah, it, and, and it's good with it's really good with the uh, well, subtitles. But if you watch it, the first episode or two or whatever, they're talking to the, the, the head guy at HRC. I absolutely love this dude. And, um, you know, he's just like, dude, he's Mark Marquez, you know, we, he, he, he stares the ship, but the problem it is, is that if you listen to someone too intently and it's the only person you listen to and that dude gets hurt, now you're in the, the problem you're that lost. HRC has. Yeah. They're, they've redeveloped the bike because Mark hasn't been really around in two years and they've gone a direction where most people could ride the bike, at least kind of look that way. Yeah. So it's,
1: it's, uh, well, you look at like this last situation. weekend, we didn't have a factory Honda on the grid, you know, a factory Honda on the line. Saturday night, Sexton getting hurt, rocks and out. And to be fair, if there's no Eli right now, there's no Frandis. So you 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 have one Yamaha really up front right now, ripping and and um you know it's it's just sort of a weird HRC dichotomy. Is, We've is, seen it in the past is, with guys getting switched around and moved around, but it's it's pretty bizarre. Across the board, HRC is snake bitten right now, it seems. Right? Well, I mean, you, you know, I don't know if we can look at Mandalika as a race where Honda's can you know Honda look like they're on the up and up in MotoGP to me right now, and they know we know they're on the up and up for a World Superbike at the moment. It seems like it seems like they're on the verge of making some breakthroughs. I think when we look at back at the Indonesia round of MotoGP, that that rear tire, it's what they kept talking about was the Honda and the Suzuki just weren't adaptable to that tire, and so they struggled. So I don't know if we could put a stamp on Honda's struggles in MotoGP right now. I'm hoping that all that turns around. Uh, this weekend in Argentina, um, where we can get get to see the Hondas you know, back up front. I don't think Marquez will be there. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but as we do our podcast the Monday prior, a lot of these teams and riders are flying out and headed to Argentina. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he even lines up. I mean, if he doesn't line up, that's 50 points. He's basically lost in two weekends. And are we running through the same thing? Because you got to think, Greg, if he doesn't go to Argentina, he's not coming to Texas. I, I just... I just hope, I hope that he just does,
0: they do, whatever. I just hope they do the right thing. If the guy's got to rest,
1: rest him. You know, it's, I understand it's a business, it's important and all that kind of stuff. But to me, it's like, foof, come on. Now. I will say this about the Honda, and I will say this about it snakebitten. Man, it does seem, and there's a history of this that goes through, and there's been articles written about this. So I'm not saying anything new. The the problem with Marquez and his crashes, like if you look at the two that he had in qualifying, they were both low sides. Yeah, they were fast, but they were low sides and they weren't weren't horrendous. I mean, that was the fourth one he had on the week. He, He crashed four times. And the last one though is so violent. And those are the kind of accidents that really shouldn't be happening. That accident that he had in Mandalika is one that as a rider catches you off guard so quick. Like you have no concept of that actually being able to happen to you. Those off-throttle high sides are just insane. And the fact that it can happen with all the technology that those guys, those bikes have running through them. But it does seem like HRC riders definitely. Man, when they get hurt, they get hurt. I mean it was Lorenzo last year or a couple years ago. Um, all the way back to McDuan, you know, you think about some of that stuff. And it's just nasty the accidents that these guys have. So um yeah and I know we're going to talk about Argentina here in a little bit but but yeah tomac right now Another league, he's, I don't even know what his point seed is. That's got to be up over fifty. You say they got the week off? Is that what you were getting ready to say just now?
0: Yeah, they have the week off. So Tomac's got 281, and Anderson's got 227. 281. So two. that is yeah, what it's, 50, 55 points, 56. Oh yeah, points. he's got the big back. lead. It's a big it's lead. Take, I mean, it's. And what is it like? They, four
1: rounds left or five rounds left, right? Five Do rounds you know?
0: left. So they have, they go. Five, they have a week okay. off, then they go St. Louis, Atlanta. Foxborough, Massachusetts, and Gillette Stadium—you know
1: where the New England Patriots play their football. That guy, it's great. Then they how, go to how Denver. gnarly is there like? How would you like to be spending money getting those diesel trucks cross-country right now? To, Can you to, imagine? I was talking no, with it's... Nick Siling about this the other night. We were just like, let's get the way they just tr- they crisscross, and it's like, well, how know, about they... NASCAR?
0: NASCAR, I mean, oh. I don't know if this is still true, but they normally have two or three semis for their. Uh, for their each team because obviously they need to jump they jump around as well it's so just wild things, yeah it's pretty bad it's, it's, yeah the, the, i, I feel i mean for, even for us time. man that you know for for I, I really it's for race fans you know it's like look if you're listening to this and you're planning on going to a race seriously there are people that are already booking hotels and and vacations and stuff get on it get on the travel things are getting expensive too so uh we want to see at the racetrack for sure all right Jay. let's go to um let's go to pulp mx fantasy because over the weekend you stunk i stunk
1: it might have been the worst weekend i've ever had by the way ever God, it was and so bad big big time bad like by yeah. the way by the way five guys remember, them, remember who i picked it's last week for
0: um for the moto america live plus uh whatever the code to give give somebody live plus do you remember who I picked last week? It was like Chucharuski or something like that. Yep. You know who that um, was? You know who that is? I think. No, I can't think. It's Mark Bothy. Oh, Mark Bothy! Yes, got it. Yeah. So he sent me a text and he said, "Hey, don't you don't need to give me the code? I already subscribed or whatever." So no way.
1: As we, yeah, as we get for ready, last do this week's fantasy. one, because Tony was at, You know, Tim and Tony, they came over from Arizona. Yeah. And tony Tony was pumped because he got he um he got the subscription to it the, the first, first week, we week did it. and then last week Mark got it so he's like pass you know I've already oh I've that's already cool both it. you to do that
0: right so while so while I'm getting ready to do this fantasy stuff you think of a number between one and one fifty three because this week we're gonna give it away during the pulp next week we'll give it away during' uh, to do I just I'll just
1: take a stab right now one oh two all right one oh two all right so Probably have to, we'll have to page down a lot. Cause... No, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, so, PM 140 is still
0: leading the way. And so is uh, Azure Buell. Rotten is in third. Hucklebuck Racing. It's your boy, Skip Axelin, is tied for fourth with Hucklebuck Racing right now. So, Skip is, dude, he's only like 70 something points out of first place. Okay. If Skip wins this thing and gets an awry helmet, I'm going to be very happy for him. But, PM 140 is is cooking. But it was wait, like, wait, wait. what am I looking at?
1: You say he's out of. Wait. Oh, Skip. Uncle Skip. Yes. Uncle Skip. Oh yeah, God. Uncle Skip. Yeah. He's just. Um, dude,
0: he's mopping us. Twig 5 4 seven, actually won the week, won Seattle in the Pulp MX Greg's Garage Pod League with 273 points. Big Blue 0 21 in second. Beat JP 43 with a big 260 points. Big fan, henchman two sixty two, L Cap, in there. As I scroll down here, Jason, I do not see you anywhere, and I don't see me either.
1: So, no, dude, you you let's. It's let, the I, worst. It's the worst week I've ever had ever in pulp. I just was laughing dude. the whole time, and so Nick Siding is there, and you see him. He's an eighth, and he had a huge hit too. And I said, I said, who do you have? And he's, he's and we had a couple of the same guys. I'm like, there's your problem. Like, I <laughs> and, and, and now you know Kevin. You know Kevin, Chuck Wall, Kevin. We have now agreed that what we think that we should do is, if we choose riders, we should send an immediate. If there's a way for us to get a hold of these riders and give them the option of sitting out the night, because they don't want to, they don't want to be picked by us. They always end up on the ground. They get hurt always. Oh, Mm. it never fails. Every time I pick somebody, they're on the ground. So it's probably what uh, what
0: number did you pick? 102, by the way. 102. 9T Racing. 9T Racing, congratulations. You have won yourself a Moto America Live Plus app code. So you're going to get Moto America Live Plus all year, courtesy of Moto America, for playing along in our Pulp MX Fantasy League. So reach out to myself or reach out to JP on the social media. It is... um, I don't know. Greg White TV on Instagram at Greg White on Twitter. Uh, Jason's is so screwed up. It's like Pridmore forty three and one or JP forty three. Who knows? And another. Yeah, uh, I don't have he's a He's an absolute. And master. all I'm
1: going to do is pass it on to Greg. So yeah, t like, racing. Greg's got the codes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg's don't got come the codes. mug me. I've got the codes. Yeah, so that's Greg. that. Huh? Get we that in up. before we get to Atlanta, so you can take full full stop advantage of this, right? Hundred percent, absolutely. So. I'm not sure what we're going to be
0: able to provide, obviously, as as an organization, Moto America, at the Moto GP event, because that's Correct. That's really tightly controlled. You know, like The first session of the day is early morning on Friday, and I don't think the cameras are going to be up and rolling. I certainly don't think our crew's going to be there. Yeah. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, so that's it. So 9T Racing, congratulations. Get Congrats. a hold of us. Or if you know who that is, let us know, and uh, we'll get you a code and
1: how you redeem that code. Yeah, I think it's um, I yeah, I it's so funny how many people come up and it's like you see guys like Mark Bothay, We don't get to get to see him very much anymore. I know he's up in the Pacific Northwest again. We saw him last year at uh at the Ridge. Yeah. So yeah, but anyways, uh, that's good on him to just pass that down. So let's get on to uh, preview this week, Greg. Round three, Argentina, as we know. Um, I know we kind of talked a little bit about who won there and all that last time. When we start talking even about our fantasy, I know there's going to be a few people dumping Marquez off. No, no, no. We haven't talked about any of the thing. Argentina. Well, you talked that about the lap times that they did.
0: Offline. Yeah. No, no, that was offline. We weren't. We're...
1: That was you I and I think... chatting. Yeah. Am I that? Am the I guy... that out of it today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am yeah. I that, out of, we that to, out of it? Last time we went to, last time Motor Jeep went to Argentina, 2019, <laughs> Marquez won by almost 10 seconds. I remember that. He just ran away over Rossi and Dovey. Miller, Rins, Petrucci, and Nakagami with Quattararo back there. Elation pole were the top ten. I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. I haven't looked at the huh. weather. I haven't seen anything that's going on. Um, weather. No. Yeah, well, dude, remember, remember the this is the place where we had that crazy grid where Miller put in that insane time when it was kind of starting to rain and he was on slicks. It's the one that everybody talks about. It's like the MotoGP version of of um, God. What was I just drew a blank? Um. What was the Japanese writer that put that insane lap together at Donington Park? That's always uh Kianari. That oh, that yeah. lap of Keanari in the rain at Donington Park, and it's like super pole yeah. where he's just sideways everywhere. Well, remember Miller did that, and then in the they went out for the siding lap or something, and everybody pulled into the pits because it looked like it was yeah, going to rain right. again. And Miller took his place on uh, pole, <laughs> yeah. and so yeah, they had this crazy looking grid, right? Remember that? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Hundred percent. So we know it can pour oh, down people, there, and it people can rain. walking backwards and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, that's right. Hey, the Miller, weather. The yeah. weather, by the way, is the high on Friday and Saturday is going to be sixty degrees with a low of forty on Friday, thirty-five on Saturday. Uh, there's going to be most like sun. There's broken clouds. I think Friday really sunny. Saturday race day is going to be fifty-seven as a high. So wow. That, d- definitely, the temperature is going to play a huge factor.
1: Huge factor, and I mean we that's We're kind of in a crucial way, spot. Sorry. I mean, and since Marquez won the last race, I, and we could bring this up again, you and I. I mean, you got to th- start to think about it. Like Marquez won at Argentina and kind of smoked everybody. Then he comes to his, fav- his favorite track a week later in, in Coda. I mean, you got to think, Greg, like we said, if he doesn't go to this race, very unlikely he's going to go to Texas. 74, 75 points gone. I mean, I don't even like talking about it, but when does it start to really get to the point where we start talking about him, like thinking about hanging it up? I mean, at 28 years old, 29 years old, he's accomplished more than you could ever think about accomplishing at his age. And he's got like a real problem, doesn't he? When you start messing with your vision and your eyes and um, a situation where it doesn't seem like it's getting better. You have to draw the line and say... That there
0: is going to be some long-term effect as it affects my health. I'm telling you, you watch, you watch that MotoGP documentary on Amazon, the first two episodes, and then then you start talking about this. Well, and the I, thing, I, right, I like, want to know I, after you watch what the Marquez bit. I want to know you've got to be honest with me, and I want to know if you tear up or not because right, you're going to relate to this dude in such a way. Yeah.
1: Well, it's one thing to have skeletal injuries. You know, when you break bones and stuff, those kind of heal; they get better. When you start breaking bones in the joints, that's when it gets bad. Like that's that's the whole purpose of my ankle. It's, you know, when I fell over, it it was it was really funny because I didn't fall much, but when I did, they were always big. You know, and yeah, when you start when you start doing when you start doing stuff in your joints, like my ankle joint, I am physically great except for my left ankle, and it was because I broke it so much in the joints. The problem is, man, I can't imagine having something that messes with your vision like what he has. Like that's it's pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, well, when you see this thing, Jay, it's, it's, it's the time
0: when he's coming back from the arm in, in, uh, yeah. injury. So and, and that is what you're talking about. And you, you watch how it affects him and his mental and everyone around him. And now you're thinking, man, this stuff is different, man. This is, this is on the brain you know well, let's not forget that stuff
1: let's not forget that injury that injury was not handled correctly letting that guy try to come out and ride the following week after having a surgery yeah that's true that was the biggest problem that you had there there's a lot of guys that come back from broken humeruses or broken femurs or broken whatever um the problem that they had there is you know the plate either got infected i mean maybe if i watch this i'll find out exactly what happened if they if they are truthful with it but there was obviously a lot bigger problem and if he gets any kind of osteomyelitis, that's a bad deal. Like that's bone infection and that's what kills bones. And so I don't really know exactly. And I'll watch, I'll, I'll get to watch, I'll watch it all this week. And then that way we can talk about some of that maybe next week. But, but I just think that there comes a point. Now, as far as some guys that we got to look at going into this weekend, there's two guys that come to mind right off the bat that are desperate for some results. Um, Bagnia, it's just had... A shit, start to the season as well as Jorge Martín, two guys that I think a lot of people put up there as guys that could possibly be championship contenders this year. They were basically handing it to Bagnai after what he did at the end of last year. Nowhere to be seen, didn't he? He didn't finish the first race and finish fifteenth in the rain. I think at the next, Martín hasn't even finished a the race. These are two guys that need to get points bad this weekend.
0: It's insane to think. Who's leading the championship right now and who scored no points in this championship. It's the greatest thing about MotoGP. There's no doubt about it, but it's, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to how KTM does. Yeah, because me too. I kind of want to see if they're, you know, if it's, if they have actually turned a corner last year, obviously they started out great COVID. They had a couple good runs and Saxon ring and all that stuff. So I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Yamaha is doing. Like you know, because this is—would you say that Argentina is probably as a flyaway race closer to what we're going to see on the regular in Europe? Doesn't doesn't Argentina do you almost feel like it should be a European round in a way? Because obviously, um, Coda is really unique. I mean, there's nothing else like Coda in the world. Thank goodness. No, but, it's yeah.
1: Yeah, you, you know what it. I
0: mean. Qatar is I, Qatar is Qatar. It's under the lights. It's you know, it's a unique experience. The track is is very different from anything we go to. Um, obviously, you know, the racetrack itself in Indonesia was, you know, not one that you weird. and I have said is dying. It's kind right? Of
1: weird. Yeah, it was a weird race. And then
0: Coda. And so it's like mm, I kind of put Argentina more along the lines of a track that you would that has kind a European Europe, feel Europe. to it, even though it's South America. You know, I don't it know. looks fast. I mean, maybe I'm off. It? No, it no, no, I agree fast. with you.
1: I agree with you. Like, you look at Doha and you look at Argentina, and they seem like real Grand Prix tracks to me. You look at Mandalika in Indonesia, and you look at Coda. Eh, they don't. Meh. I mean, MotoGP yeah. at Coda is, you know, yeah. I I don't know. I it's you definitely <laughs> don't think that when you look at twenty one. You look at twenty one tracks on the schedule. It would be interesting to see where Mandalika and Coda, If you did a writer review of all the racetracks and you just kind of compiled the information, it would be interesting to see where those two tracks would fall in the twenty-one. You got to think that they're not going to be in the first half at all. No. There's no way they're in the top half. Um, maybe. And you're home this weekend, though, Jay. You're home this I'm weekend be home to watch at all. Yeah, I'm going to be okay. home all weekend. And right now, we got Bastion in the lead in the championship. Greg, what I'm I, saying. I, hello. You, you might not have it pulled up, but. Uh, and do you have it pulled up in front of you? Don't, don't if you do. Or do you? No, I don't, I don't. Yeah. do you know who's second in the championship right now? Brad Bender. Yeah, and then Quattraro and Oliveira. She's got two KTMs in the top four. Zarco, fifth. Saying. Paula Spargro is the first Honda there in in six. Alish, Rins, Mir. And I mean, you got to think Rins and Mir, that was an escape job at Mandalika. For those guys.
0: 100%. When it rained. 100%. Those guys
1: were like. Thank goodness. I mean. Because they didn't have to suffer. And this goes back again. To the kind of the luck of Marquez. If he doesn't crash. He's got to go do a wet weather race. In the rain. And. You know. Maybe he salvages something more. <laughs> Obviously he salvaged nothing. But. Just kind of unlucky. Morbidelli's. Uh, so. Rins and Mir are eight 8th. 9th. Morbidelli 10th. I mean. Jack Miller. Is the first factory Ducati. The freshly engaged. Jack Miller.
0: Weird, yeah. Congratulations, Jack and Ruby. So good job, but dude, but I don't yeah. know it. But but crazy. it's MotoGP, right? I mean, it is MotoGP. It's, it's it is, and this is this is the part where it's very difficult. Okay, you and I both love watching. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care if it's freaking curling, which I love curling. But if you watch people or <laughs> someone at the top of, of their game, I, I enjoy watching someone who's great. And the Marquez thing, watching him ride was special. Correct, but. I also really love MotoGP without Marc Marquez right now because it is the machinery is the best we've ever seen it, in my opinion, yeah. right? Like across the board, you don't have these satellite teams. Like you know, the old story was, we've had uh, you know Bradley Smith on here talking about his time at Yamaha when he was on the satellite team, on the Tech Two team. The time that you would perform was the first four races of the year. You go yeah. out there and you ride as hard as you can the first four races because after that... The factory bikes get developed and the satellite bikes do not it is not like that anymore these bikes are competitive all year long teams are still getting upgrades you know you hear about this you know last year the 2019 ducati is a 2019 hybrid it's getting you know whatever and it, so it's 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 very interesting time you have a prelia which i think made has made some steps i don't think you can rule out alacia spargaro either from what's going to happen The the wild card in all of this in my opinion is going to be what tires do michelin bring that can handle 57 degrees or 14 degrees celsius mm-hmm. and what's the track temperature going to do and really what's the condition of the track i mean argentina is where i think that you mentioned we talked about the soft line where the building burned down last year correct um what's the track surface like the fastest lap around that track was done in 2014 correct. by marquez it looks and like I a great think it track. Was on, like it's one that i'd like to go ride it, yeah, me too. Actually, I really would love yeah. to love to get and that it's, track and, and go.
1: And Greg, they're coming from the exact ex, like you say, extreme temperatures. I mean, and what it was in Mandalika and the when it when it was dry compared to what it it's going to be in Argentina is just so different. And getting tires up to temperature is so crucial for these guys. Getting brakes up to temperature is so crucial for these guys. They should be able to do that though. It's got a, I know it's got a huge heavy braking area at the end of the back straightaway and one coming onto the front straightaway. So when you start to look at um, some of that, but You got to think you're going to see some some cold weather front end low sights with the weather being what it is, and it's just going to throw up a very very interesting set of challenges. And and MotoGP just never fails to. We've had three. We've had two races and two different podiums, right? Mm -hmm. And it's entertaining. It really is. It's it's really good in Moto2. uh, Viete leads the championship right now. Calesino Viete, with Canet and Sam Lowes running the top three. Chantra, after his win there in uh, Indonesia has himself in fourth with Augusto Fernandez Agura, your boy is sixth Arbelino Joe Roberts is eighth Navarro and Acosta with Cam Bobier just knocking there on the back door actually he's tied for 10th uh, with Acosta is Cameron there um in the points and I think it's I think it's an important week for for our guys specifically go to Argentina get a good result come into your home Grand Prix Ready to go. We saw the support there for Cam last year uh, and Joe, and you know it's going to be like that again for them. And now we got SDK in that mix as well. But I think it's really important. It looks like Joe and Cam have both been just off the back of those that league group. You know, they're just three tenths it seems a lap from being able to get up in that that championship hunt. And um, um, I think it's a new track for Cam, isn't it? Argentina, because he didn't go there last year. So yes, new track that'll for be Cam. New for, new for him, new for SDK. So, yeah, again... Um,
0: but in, but important from the perspective, too, of a lot of contracts are up this year. Correct. You know, a lot. And, yeah. you know, obviously we know... That, I mean, what are the chances Davizioso comes... Actually, I think Davizioso got a two-year deal, right? Some crazy thing, <laughs> we but... We keep talking
1: about this, don't we? Yeah, like, but I mean, like what real, I'm saying is... Like is he
0: going to be around, right? Look, if you, if you actually look at the Moto2 field... There is nobody better qualified to go straight to MotoGP right now than Cameron Bobier. And I guarantee you that Cameron Bobier would be better on a MotoGP bike than a Moto2 bike because the guy knows how to ride with electronics. He knows how to get through a corner, stand the bike up, accelerate. Like, I'm, I'm convinced of all that stuff. Right. The thing is, is contracts. I mean, obviously, you know, Pecco has already been signed. He already, he already has a contract extension. These yep. things are going to start falling in place very quickly, and rides are going to start disappearing quickly. So, yep. if Bobier or Joe Roberts as well can come out of the gate swinging, you know, start to perform, finish in the top five, then get their name on the lips of the MotoGP bosses, then things could be different for next year in terms of their future and and how it is. But it, it somebody just needs to give Cameron a shot on a superbike before. He just gets you too mean, deep into learn, you, you know, a figuring Moto G- out Moto Two, Moto GP bike, yeah, Moto GP so, bike, yeah. yeah. Sorry. You know, the thing is, is bike. that it's
1: easy. Yeah, you said two bike. It's easier for us to say that, you know, because I mean, I agree with you on all of that, but you can't say that, you know, you can't say that what they've been doing from pinching these Moto Two riders into Moto GP hasn't been working. I mean, there's obviously it's working. I mean, five, six, eight years, six, five, six, seven years ago. When we kind of had the aliens around the top four guys, which was then like what was it, Marquez, Lorenzo, Stoner, and Rossi, and you you you'd kind of sit there and you go like, and Pedrosa I think was kind of considered in there too. But you know when you started to look at that, it was like, where what's going to happen? Where are we going to go? Where's the next superstar? What's what's going on? And it's been pretty successful pulling these guys out of Moto Two and putting them on Moto GP bikes, even if they weren't successful in Moto Two, like Quartararo, they've been pretty successful when they've got to Moto GP. So, it's easy for us to go like Cam would be the perfect guy, but it's not like it's not like it's a broken system.
0: Like there's been no, it's some not guys a broken system. I'm just saying he's, he's, he's yeah. qualified in terms of the electronics Correct. experience, right? Like a MotoGP bike with the Triumph with the Triumph motors is now more like riding a superbike slash MotoGP bike than when they were on the inline four cylinder Hondas. Yeah, that's. that's you know, that that's when they were all about corner speed. And then Cameron talks about it, you know, him trying to rush the corner too much. And it's about just getting it slowed, get through that corner, and then using that torque of that Triumph motor. And so it's it sounds, I think that's part of the reason why now you're seeing, There there's a couple of reasons. One of them, obviously, is the characteristics of the motor and how you ride a Moto2 bike. But the second bit is, is that these engineers that work at these factory teams or work at the satellite teams more understand, I think, now is what these young riders need communication-wise and learning-wise and testing to get them up to speed on electronics. And I think it's a it's a step process. It's it's no different than what Richard Stamboli has been doing with Cameron uh, or with um, Jake Gagne over the last couple of years. It's not like Jake Gagne got on Stamboli's team in Moto America and he just dumped all this electronics jargon on him and how everything works. You know, Stamboli has told me over the years that he keeps giving... Jake Gagne a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more information, a little bit more responsibility uh, opens up the parameters a little more so he can uh, give feedback on, on things to adjust. And so I think that that strategy, as these crew chiefs, engineers have learned how to deal with Moto two to Moto GP riders as they're turning
1: into your You're hundred percent, right. is definitely paying off. I think it's paying off. And, and now you got Binder, Darren Binder, again, kind of did what Miller did goes from Moto three to Moto, GP had a great... I mean, look, Mandalika was what it was, right? But he did a great job. Yeah. He beat a lot of guys. Came came from a long way back. I just think the adaptability of a lot of these riders now... And you know what would be really interesting to do is if we had somebody on the ground over there, and we do. We have a few people on the ground over there, MotoGP. It would be really interesting to see how many of these teams as far as the mechanics, crew chiefs, personnel, stay together. Like, like, are they... Is it pretty tight-knit? over there? It's, It always seems like When a crew chief moves, it's big news over there, right? Like they go from here or there or whatever. But it would be... I think that that continuity of having a team structure where everybody kind of stays together, they can go to different teams. like They can go to Moto2 teams, Moto3 teams, and really get to understand who each one of the riders are because if they kind of all are together, they can kind of all speak together. There's not a lot of moving parts or moving around or dissension. I'm sure there still is some of that. But, you know, it's it's... When you have the continuity of a team that can overall if you have six guys in your team that go, Hey, this kid in Moto Two looks really good and they're all kind of on the same page and they can kind of find out who the kid is or what it is about, makes makes that jump to Moto a lot easier, I think. And and that's why you have to think
0: they knew somebody somewhere knew what they were getting in Quadraro. Yeah. They had the right mindset for Moto G P that You're he could 100% you know handle right. the, like whatever it is that we weren't seeing just from you know eyeballs out onto the racetrack somebody saw it in Cuadrara and boom that world champion you know just like and and it's
1: like you see like right now with Raul Fernandez there's a lot of talk about how he just doesn't want to be where he's at he's not happy which you know I've never heard him come out and say that other than he said that he wishes he'd have done another year in Moto2 but you hear already the talks that Honda's going to go after him pretty heavily and other teams are looking and you know I think Mir's contract's up and I think that Quataro's contract, or did he just sign on again for two years? I can't remember, but uh, dude, there's, a few, guys, there's a few guys. Almost everybody's contract is up. It's it's a huge contract year. Huge. I know Bagnaya has re-signed and all that. So yeah, it's 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 wild. So uh as far as Moto 3 goes, Greg, when we start looking at that, I mean Dennis Faggio, like just absolutely dominated. He's leading the points over Garcia and Guevara. Mino, Anchu, Toba, Tatai, uh Xavier uh Chavi uh, Artigas, um, Yamasaka and, and uh, I'm sorry, Yamanaka and McPhee. I don't top know. In 10. I 3, mean, McPhee, we just, McPhee yeah. hasn't even. McPhee hasn't even. He's not even going to be. I don't think he's going to be at the next two. Oh no, I think he's going to be at. Uh, I think he's going to be at Coda. Think so. I, I think he's going to be at Coda. But I mean, we should just have the banquet though. Fajias. I don't shoulder. know, man. I think Sergio's <laughs> going to have something for him. But yeah, Fajias. Right. Pretty gnarly. Uh, I don't know. I'm. It's going to be fun. And with no Supercross this week, and I think Argentina time is, I think it works out again to where you can kind of watch these races at a good time of day. Um.
0: Hey Siri, what time is it in Argentina? Oh yeah, here we go. This is us using our brains. Oh, okay. So they're they're one hour ahead of East Coast, so they're two only two hours different from you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so yeah, it, it'll, it it's not a I remember before it wasn't obviously too bad a timing. So, yeah, i will be in Arizona this week. I'm excited. So I know. Arizona.
0: Arizona, so we're yeah, I'd leave to go yep. to the first USA archery tournament, but anyway, all right. So, that's our preview, but I just did want to touch on real quick some uh, some AFT because the last weekend they were in uh Fort Worth, so not the weekend we just had, but the the weekend before that. And the, the track wasn't really that great. Um the racing was yeah, you know, except for the the, AF- the AFT singles main event is always a good one. That one yeah. was like two tenths of a second. Um, Michler won it over over Cody Cop and Max Whale. That was a good race all the way to the end. So congratulations to Honda on that big win over a couple of KTM's. On the uh, production twin side, it was Corey Texter who won over Ben Lowe and and uh, Colby Carlisle. That was um, that race was okay, but that's a Yamaha win for Texter. So Yamaha oh, wow. and the MTO 7 win again. It was an eight-tenth of a second victory, but it didn't feel like it was like super, super close. And then Jared Meese ends up winning over J.D. Beach and Dallas Daniels. So Indian wins again, and J.D. Beach and Dallas Daniels finished second and third. They were only four-tenths of a second behind, but it was because they kind of put on a charge at the end of the race, and J.D. got out to the lead. He led Meese around a couple times. Meese got around him. Meese kind of checked out, and J.D. kind of held him at bay. They kind of backed up to each other. Now, Jay, the thing is, I did speak with JD Beach last week before we yep. actually were doing our podcast, but we ran out of time last week. And Jay asked JD, like, what's going on? You know, is it, is it, what have you guys done? Because I was told he couldn't do much to the motor. And he said, look, man, we're, we're like four, I think three or four generations of new frame. And he said, the whole thing is about the frame and the way that the power delivery is the, the team's worked really hard over the winter. The frame he's on now is the one he finished third at in the last race of last season. And they've okay. been developing it. And he said, look, that track in, in Texas was bumpy. The old frame would not have handled it. He would have been out. So yep. it had been so huge improvements. Better. Yeah, huge improvements for the Essence and Racing team. So, it it, it the, the reason I want to bring it up is because this does not feel like, and talking to JD, it doesn't feel like it either, that this is a race season where that Yamaha is going to go good at like three tracks. It It's, it's getting there. It's closing down. The Indian motorcycle had some um, had some things choked off, like you know they 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 uh, kind of restrictor plated it more or less, and, and some things. But as JD pointed out, the tires they're using now aren't as good as they were a couple of years ago. When they first went to this Texas Motor Speedway track that they have, the track was better, so they had better mm-hmm. tires, better track three years ago, four years ago, yeah. with a faster Indian motorcycle and Mies yeah. went faster than he's gone before yeah so that's really an encouraging sign so aft i think the show aired yesterday at one o'clock yeah they're, they're on delay so check it out dallas daniels jd beach on the yamaha racing up against Mies should be good yeah and that's uh that's pretty much all i have i mean next week no supercross we're talking moto gp moto gp fantasy so you got to make sure you join our moto gp fantasy league uh because jason we are giving away an awry helmet of your choice so and, and look even if even if you're out of it in terms of like the overall win it's tons of fun with your friends have you looked at the league lately jay
1: uh you know what i haven't because i i just 320 I 321 Dude, the only thing i'm killing it is in the Hey, I'm killing it in the one in the RM fantasy, doing okay there. And then in, you know, in Uncle Skip's MotoGP fantasy, I'm I'm doing pretty good in that one too. Like the one where we got had draft picks. How lucky could I get there? Had at <laughs> Bastianini the first week and Oliveira the second. Yeah, help me out this week with that because obviously I'll be sh- and, competing. Yeah, you got you got like the
0: good picks up Just, at the front there, so
1: it's interesting.
0: Oh, that's right. I, I'm like number two this week, I think.
1: Are you? Yeah. So. Right. You started like 5 or 4. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the week. I I mean, Greg, honestly, this is my last real week at home. I've got uh well, I've got I leave next Monday. And and I'll drop a couple names, but I'm I'm going to I'm leaving next Monday. I'm uh Sam is going to fly and Sam Lowe's is flying in Tuesday into Dallas and we're going to play uh at Colonial in Dallas on Tuesday and Dallas Country Club on Wednesday and we're going to rip down to Austin. So that'll be kind of fun. Play a little golf with him, and then um, I come home Sunday night, and I go straight to Chuckwalla. I like land at eleven thirty at night on Sunday and drive straight to Chuckwalla for Monday. Yeesh. So my schedule's just a little bit sideways. And then yeah, I, come I mean, home I'm, from, I come home for Arizona, two days and then I Austin. Atlanta.
0: Yeah, yeah, Arizona, Austin, a week off. Um, Atlanta, week off, and then I'm six weekends in a row of yeah, archery work, archery competition, or. Racing, so it's yep. it's it's we're, crazy, want it any other way, but pretty yeah, busy. It's pretty no, strange. it's it's great, it's great, not complaining at all. Summer's looking really busy, but hey, there's only so many uh, so many weekends in the summer. So, the way yep. the way that our schedules work out, it's going to be a blink of an eye, it's going to be over. It's going to be so, I'm going to enjoy
1: every moment. Well, that's it for our podcast, yeah, everybody. Enjoy the week, enjoy, uh, enjoy the big race in Argentina, and then man, we're going to get to see all some a bunch of fans in Texas. So. Until next week, everybody take care.